Hello and welcome to Stack the Pads, your RMU women's hockey podcast. I'm John Hanna. Owen Krupps will be here in a couple, hopefully a couple minutes. He's in class at the moment. But uh, welcome, JC, to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you entered this weekend with 179 career points. Brittany Howard, obviously, with 181. Uh, you had five over the weekend. What does this mile mean to you? milestone mean to you? And has it finally sunk in? Yeah, I think it's sunk in now. It kind of took a couple of days to just think about the last four years and uh, everything that's happened. But um, it's definitely an honor to, to kind of have that milestone under my name. And um, I've played with so many great players that have helped me get there, including Britt, for two years. So um, it's definitely crazy to think about, um, but it means a lot. And it's kind of a testament to my hard work over the last four years. And you're now 10 goals behind Rebecca Vint, or not four goals behind Rebecca Vint, excuse me, and 10 behind Brittany. Is that your next goal, or are you just hoping to get to win the CHA? Yeah, my, I mean, my whole goal this whole season was um, just to do what I can every night to get two points for our team. And uh, the whole goal in the whole year has been to win the CHA. Um, everything else has just kind of been in the back uh, of my mind. So obviously it would be nice to get that, and um, – it'd be a good way to contribute uh, in these next eight games here. But um, the overall goal is definitely win the CHA and get into the NCAA tournament. And then after that game, Coach Colantino said, it's awesome to be a part of it and to share with her today. When you break an all-time record like that, it's a four-year process. It's a hard thing to do, and you talk about deserving it. We obviously had great players in the past with Britt Howard, just a tremendous player for us. How big has Coach Paul been to helping you get this record? Yeah, I mean, he's taught me so much uh, on and off the ice over the last four years, um, different ways to lead, different ways um, to play and uh, kind of evolve my game. So a lot is obviously owed to him as well um, as the many players I've played with. But um, he's just given me so many little tips over the years on how to get better in different areas and uh, kind of how to get better even at the parts um, of my the best parts of my game. So I'm definitely thankful to have him as a coach the last four years. And just a quick recap of, obviously, the weekend that you did. It was a two-game sweep over Lindenwood, sweeped them for the year. Uh, game one, opening with a second, Bo Michaela Boyle power play goal and a line of uh, Marcuse, uh, Coleman, and Burbage was playing great. Ha obviously, you've had a couple changing lines over the season. How has that impacted you? Um, I think uh, it's it's happened at the right times. If we need a boost here or there or – um, just need to get some new chemistry going. As we know, um, throughout games there may be injuries and stuff, so it's going to be nice to have played with a bunch of different people over the year. Um, but recently we've had every line going and, and contributing in a lot of ways. I think that's what's made us successful over the last. And uh, obviously to win a CHA championship, it's going to take all four lines, all 7D and all the goalies. So um, it's nice to see everyone contributing and playing well, and hopefully we can keep that going down the stretch. And speaking of everyone contributing, uh, Kylie Hanslick, she recently transferred over. How important has she been to getting you guys going? Yeah, I mean, she's a goal scorer. Um, she gets the puck in the offensive zone, and she's able to score. But um, playing with her, it's, it's been interesting. Um, haven't played with a player of her type before, so um, it's been a nice change. And uh, she works hard, and she's bought into our system just from the beginning, which is huge, and I think that's what's paid off for her success. And you had a uh, two-point game in that one, bringing you to within one for obviously that Saturday game. Were the nerves high on you, high for you on that Saturday game? Uh, not really, no. Um, I knew we still, including that game, had nine games left. So I knew um, 
if I just played my game, it was going to happen over those nine games. So um, I didn't try. I tried not to think of it too much and kind of uh, get in my own head. But I definitely knew it was going to come at some point. So I just wanted to go out and um, it was obviously two huge conference points. So that was kind of my main focus. And then in that second game, obviously, uh, Lyndon Wood struck first on Courtney Gansky's one-timer. And then uh, RMU tied it up. But you I mean, you knew, obviously, as we were talking about before the show, but no one else in the arena knew that you had the assist on that one. Yeah, I mean, um, I, we kind of knew that Boyle hadn't touched it. She kind of came off the bench and said, that's yours. And um, so then kind of just our power play unit were the only ones that knew that um, I had tied it at that point. But, um, yeah, it was just a big goal by uh, Curly, just kind of get us back in that game. Um, and then our power play struck again, which obviously was exciting. Yeah, that that was an odd goal. Have you ever scored a goal like that? No, I had to rewatch it about five times after the period. Kind of, um, I don't think I've ever seen a one timer go that high over the net. But um, obviously, it, we got a good bounce off of it. And then, uh, is obviously that's not exactly how you dreamt it. You didn't want the announcement to be made by Larry Snyder, you wanted to people to probably know that you were the one that scored it. So just what was your reaction in total? Um, obviously, uh, I didn't really care how it happened. Um, it was nice uh, to kind of hear Larry give that recognition. Um, obviously, he's one of the best announcers in the NCAA, so um, it definitely gets us excited. But um, just internally knowing that I had got it was, was enough for me. And um, but it was nice to kind of get that recognition, and I think it kind of uh, struck some emotion into the team for the rest of the game. And you also had an insurance marker in that game, a shorthanded uh, breakaway. You've had, what was it, like, you've had a lot of penal or shorthanded goals this, so far this year. How do you keep getting in those positions? Um, I mean, the whole uh, PK unit on all the goals, it's just been good anticipation. Uh, we've had good jumps from people that have kind of puck, poke, poked pucks loose in the open areas. I think two of the four have been on breakaways. Um, so it's just been uh, it's been a good four-person system, kind of jumping when we need to and reading. And uh, it's kind of it's crazy to think about getting a breakaway shorthanded, but when you do, you got to capitalize. I think that's kind of the most important thing. And throughout your career, have you been a shorthanded specialist, whether it be you know with Team Canada or just in your younger years? Yeah, when I played uh, younger, my job was a PK, five on five and PK. And then coming here, I got on the power play, and it was kind of a change of roles. But PKing over the last uh, couple of years, I've really uh, learned so much about it and kind of embraced that role as well, and knowing that it's it's one of the biggest parts of the games. Um, so it's definitely something of my game that I've learned the most of being at RMU. And then on this podcast, we've talked a lot about you this season. But you're plenty more than just this season. Uh, you come from plenty Saskatchewan, 164 people. Is it true what they say about small Canadian towns? Everyone's, you know, so kind and so supportive of each other? Yeah, I mean, there's so many people that have supported me even before I came uh, to RMU. And um, so many of my friends play I played hockey with when I was younger. And um, obviously not as many people c come out of those uh, small towns and play hockey but um, it was very there's been so much support and it's meant so much over the years 
And then uh, what made you choose hockey in the first place? Obviously surrounded a lot by farmland and there's not much to do in the middle of Saskatchewan. I mean, everyone in Plenty played hockey pretty much. And um, my when I was about two, my parents kind of put skates on me and put me out on the ice and that was the start of it. But um, yeah, I've just played hockey my whole life and it was just something I did with my friends. And um, I realized kind of in grade eight that um, I needed to go somewhere to, to kind of take my game to the next level. And um, I think that was the biggest turning point in my career. And when you were playing for the Saskatoon Stars, uh, you actually had a colonial with you, Amber Rennie. How important was she, you, you know, growing up and then come with you coming to RMU? Yeah, so we've actually played on the same team since uh, third grade. So we kind of um, knew so much about each other and how each other played, and we played on the same line the entire time. So it was definitely uh, comforting to know she was here when I was coming to RMU and obviously wasn't sure if we'd play on the same line and stuff like that, but um, she's been probably the biggest part of my, my hockey career and just – um, we pushed each other so much to be better, and obviously she had a great career as a colonial as well. And, um, yeah, I would say she's definitely the biggest person that pushed me to, uh, to kind of come to RMU and, and um, continue to play hockey at a high level. And then just how close was Plenty to the uh, rink in Saskatoon? Uh, it's like hour, 45 minutes, so it's a far drive, but it's kind of what I had to do to be able to play at a high level. Did you stay with your family, or did you have a billet house? Uh, I stayed with my family. How many nights there would you make the trip to the rink? Uh, we pretty much went Monday to Thursday yeah. um, every day, and um, it was definitely tough because my mom's a teacher, and yeah. our practices were at like four o'clock. So it was um, it was a grind, but um, it definitely made me a better player and kind of um, you know allowed me to kind of let it sink in that there's so many things that everyone sacrifices for me to be able to play hockey, so it was cool. Yeah. And then uh, you move on to the JWHL, never give up pounds, or never lose hope pounds, sorry. Um, kind of the big step up in your hockey career there, if you will. Programs had a lot of successful hockey players, hockey coaches there. Was that really when you found yourself stepping up and saying, hey, I can do something, I can do this and make it big in hockey? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the coach there was the one that kind of pushed me to come there, and um, I definitely contribute most of my hockey success and um, how I play to her. Um, and obviously, Amber came um, the next year after I was there, so we still got to play together. But um, that place is just incredible, and what they do for each hockey player. And um, there's so many things that I learned there about the way I play now, and um, all the off ice stuff, and being a leader and stuff like that. So. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest part of um, how the player I am now and kind of the work ethic I have. Yeah. Um, your former Notre, your your former coach at Notre Dame, uh, she linked you up uh, with RMU. Um, what was that experience like? And did you always want to come to RMU and play with Amber, or was there any other uh, places, you, schools you looked at? Um, I mean, I looked at a couple, but uh, I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go and. Um, Amber, obviously, she committed late in her grade 12 years, so I, we weren't even sure where she was going to go. So we kind of were, were almost waiting to see where, where each other were going to go. And once I found out she was coming to RMU, um, I just talked to her about her first year here. And then um, 
I kind of made the decision because I knew that she was here and it was going to be uh, a comfortable place for me. And uh, just the, the story she told me about how much she loved it and the, the team culture and stuff like that, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, we heard a couple stories about how uh, Amber came here without ever stepping foot on the campus. Did you at least tour Robert Morris before you came here? Um, I actually didn't tour until after I committed, so I came on an official um, after I was already committed, so kind of the same, the same boat as Amber. And obviously after Notre Dame, or technically during your Notre Dame season, you were selected to the U18 Canada team. Uh, just how big of that was that to your development, being named assistant captain? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just the turning point and kind of knowing um, that I was a good player and, and kind of knowing that um, I probably can go somewhere and play elite-level hockey. Um, obviously, before that, you don't really know where you stand. Um, and getting selected for that team, it was definitely an honor. It's, it's crazy to think about playing uh, for your country, but um, it was a very cool experience, and it was definitely something that um, pushed me to, to know that I could play NCAA and um, playing with many players that are high-level, high-scoring uh, players in the NCAA now. It was a definitely cool experience. And some of those players, obviously, uh, Elizabeth Shaguerra plays for Clarkson, Lindsay Eastwood in Syracuse. And then another one of your former teammates, Sarah Caranta, was she, did she also help you come here? Or did you not really know her that well? Yeah, I mean, I only know her for the, the couple of weeks that we were at the World Championships. Um, but again, knowing that she was here and Amber was here, um, kind of knowing some familiar faces uh, made the decision a little bit easier. Is that your first time representing Canada? Yes, it was. Uh, I think I was I was in tw grade 12 at that point, so that was kind of the earliest um, that you can represent yeah. Canada. So that was it was definitely cool to be that young and be able to represent your country. Mm -hmm. So you come here before you come here. Brittany Howard obviously established herself here. Her uh, freshman year, 13-14, she is from Saint Thomas, Ontario. She played uh, 34 games her freshman year, but her sophomore year though she had an injury which kind of was a blessing in disguise then, um, considering she got to play with Amber Rennie an extra year and then you an extra year. So you ever talk about that with her and the fact that maybe uh, you only would have got one year together with her? Yeah, we definitely talked about that when um, she was still here and we were playing together. Um, it's, it was definitely uh, a blessing for me to be able to play with her for two years. She's such an incredible player and helped me so much in my first two years, kind of learning the, the culture and the system here. Mm -hmm. But... Um, yeah, it was definitely nice to be able to get that extra year with her here, and um, I'm sure she would have played here for as long as she could if it wasn't only four years. Um, Howard's freshman year, 41 points, uh, that one point there in her true sophomore year. Um, that will come down and play later. Um, and then her redshirt sophomore year, she got to play with Amber Rennie, uh, 40 points, and then you enter the program for your freshman year. Army goes 24 five and six CHA regular season title, CHA playoff title. What was that year like as a freshman coming in, breaking all these records, playing on a line with Howard and Rene? Yeah, it was definitely crazy. Um, I wanted to come in and make an impact, but I obviously wasn't sure what that was going to be. I mm -hmm. uh, didn't know how much I'd play, what line I'd play on. and um, So being able to play with uh, Howard and Rene um, right from the start was kind of crazy. And um, I just remember getting my first point in my first game, and I thought – um, if I can do this all year, that's going to be special. And um, the year was kind of a whirlwind, honestly. Um, we we played so well, and obviously only having the five losses, uh, that's inc that's mm -hmm. incredible. So 
Um, it's definitely probably the most fun year that I've had here so far, and hopefully this year ends the same. Uh, this year's current roster, um, we have three seniors, but only two were on that team. Obviously, you being one, and Natalie Marcuse, the other one. Um, Sarah LeCavalier transferred over from Notre Dame, so she wasn't on that team. Uh, what does this current roster have to take and learn from guys like you for, uh, that have been on those teams and potentially do it again this year? Yeah, I mean, we have such a special group this year. Um, it almost feels like my freshman year, just kind of the work ethic and, and the buy-in that everybody has. Um, so we know that uh, we, ca we have a very special uh, roster in the room, and we know that we can do something special at the end of the year. Uh, we've just been trying to pass down kind of through the end of the season here. Um, as we're tied for first, we're just trying to uh, pass down kind of the experience we had from our freshman year and um, how it's not going to come easy at all. And every every game is, is very important, how playoffs are going to turn out. So, uh, yeah, every day we're just in practice and games. We're just trying to pass down kind of the experience we had winning and kind of get it, everyone else excited to have that same feeling. Uh, you beat Linden more than Syracuse in the CHA title, and you lost to Wisconsin in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, crazy stats from that freshman year. You led the CHA in goals with 22, um, second in CHA of scoring. Behind, of course, Brittany Howard. I guess it was first. Uh, you set Army records pretty much everywhere. And for rookies, uh, US, US CHO all-rookie team, WHCA uh, rookie of the year, CHA rookie of the year, 15 multi-point games. That's the one that stood out to me. That's a that's pretty, pretty crazy. That's 30 points there, minimum. Um, and then NCAA and power play goals and power play points with nine goals and 19 points. How important has the development been with your power play and just over here in Army? Because it seems like every year the power play is dominant no matter who's out there on the ice. Yeah, I mean, we have so many skilled players every year that um, pretty much anybody could be on the power play and make an impact. But uh, we've always just had such close units of five that – uh, we work so hard in practice kind of to try different things and um, get better. And obviously um, using scout report to, to learn the other team's penalty kills, we can, can kind of adjust. But um, it's definitely a big part of our success. And we know that if our, if our power play um, gets a couple each game, that we're going we're gonna to have a good chance of winning. So uh, we kind of pride ourselves on that and know that um, lots of games are won from special teams. And that's kind of... The thought that we have every time we get a power play and you also led all ncaa rookies that year in points per game goals per game and face-off percentage uh going into the dot what's your main thing because if you win the face-off you control possession yeah definitely that's exactly it um knowing that uh the type of game we want to play is possession and and to chase uh, losing a face-off you just start each shift chasing and um obviously you're expending energy that you don't want to so um there's a big pride on winning face-offs, uh, especially in the D zone and on penalty kills and power plays. But um, just all over the ice, you just want to start with the puck. It makes your shift so much easier. So um, every fa every centerman that we have has always prided themselves on on the winning draws. And um, yeah, I think it's been a it's been a strength for us over the last few years. And we've always had um, centers that have kind of taught me different things about how to take draws and how they win draws, so that's been nice as well. Yeah, we've even seen, like, sometimes on the power play, you'll, they'll put Lexi Templeman in there to win draws, the handness there, um, the different sides of the ice thing. Uh, moving on to the sophomore year, Army's record 21-8-4, um, another CHA regular season title. 
And entering this year, did you start to feel the pressure that this is the last year Brittany Howard's going to be in this program? Um, was there a pressure to win and succeed with her there? Um, I don't think it was too much pressure. We knew that we had another good team, same as the year before. Um, obviously, now being a senior, I can, I can kind of feel what, what was going through Britt's head um, in her last year. But um, we knew that uh, that was going to be a year that we had another crack at it, still having Britt on the team and, and kind of knowing uh, how special the team was. As uh, We lost some, some great players the year before, but we still had so many of our top players this year or that year. So... Um, it was definitely, we definitely had it in our heads that this is the year to make another push. So that's kind of the thought process we had going into that year. And then obviously you guys won the CHA regular season, lost to Mercyhurst in the final. Even though you weren't from around here, did you start to get a growing sense of the rivalry between you two? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even coming in as a freshman, um, going into Mercyhurst weeks, that's all everybody talked about. And practices kind of amped up a little bit, um, as they still do. But um, it's definitely – we're always fighting for first with it seems like them. So um, it's definitely a rivalry knowing uh, each weekend whoever wins is probably going to be in first. So um, it's always kind of going through your mind. Um, earlier off in the season, it was the third game of the season, 6-2 to two, you beat Minnesota State. You had six assists in that game. Is that one you still remember to this day? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rennie and Howard both had a hat trick. Um, it's kind of, I think that's the first game I've ever been a part of in my life that uh, two people have had a hat trick, both on the same line. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely a crazy game and kind of nice way to start off the season. Yeah, those six assists in one game, uh, most assists in one game tied Army history. Uh, for both points and assists in the game. Um, you managed to crack the top 10 in RMU scoring history. You had 65 points in two years. And Colantino said after the game, of, uh, he said it was a four-year process and two phenomenal years there, but you're not first overall yet. There's no way you can do that. So the grind continues in your junior year. Um, you finished that season with the highest point totals as of right now um, in your career, 51 points. Um, was there a sense of bragging right over Howard there? Because she had 50 points in a single season. You had 51, just barely enough to pass her. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this we both had such good years um, over our first three years. But um, obviously it kind of wasn't the best way to get the 51th point and losing that championship yeah. game. So um, it wasn't really going through my head at that point. But um, I knew with Brick gone, obviously I wasn't sure. Um, how my junior year was going to go and kind of played with her consistently for the first two years. So uh, I knew that I really needed to step up with her gone as there's probably going to be some some doubt in people's minds. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing, just knowing um, I had to take my game to the next level to keep the program at the level it is and to even raise the bar a little bit higher. Yeah. Uh, also, Amber Rennie's senior year this year, you guys still are able to win CHA regular season titles. How important was that to get the, the three-peat, if you will? Yeah, definitely. I think it kept the belief in people's minds that um, even losing one of the best players in Army history, we still can can be a top team in the CHA and um, that we still have so many great players on the team that losing that one player um, wasn't wasn't going to make that big of a difference to us. Um, so I think getting that regular season championship kind of kept the belief and going into playoffs, um, it instilled the belief even more that um, – we really have a chance of this. And during that season, you maintained a 4.0. How do you balance hockey and school? Um, I mean, just a lot of time management. Um, I've always worked really hard at both, uh, especially school. So 
I think that's been a big part of it and um, having the support of so many teammates that are the same same classes it's helped a lot but just so much time management throughout the week so that once we get to uh, Friday Saturday we don't have to worry about school at all um, obviously somewhat of a heartbreaking loss you beat Syracuse to win the regular season title but then you end up losing them in the in the CHA final uh, how tough of a loss was that um, and this year what are you looking forward to doing in the playoffs yeah that was extremely tough um, I don't think anyone kind of really left the locker room for almost 45 minutes after the game um, it was it was honestly more heartbreaking than the year before um, just kind of how the game went and um, how special of a group we had but um, it's definitely lit a fire on us for this year knowing that um, especially for me and uh, Luke Hively and Marcuse, kind of our last crack at it. Um, and uh, obviously me and Natalie know how it feels to win, and we've just been kind of trying to express uh, the amount of fun it is and um, try not to relive the last two years. <laughs> and speaking of this year, obviously it's your last season, but what has it been like to go as that superstar freshman now to be relied upon as the leader for this team? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an honor to to be named the captain, and we have such a strong leadership group. Um, all four of us ha bring different qualities, so um, I think just coming in as a freshman, I wanted to make an impact, and I was able to kind of be a leader in different ways every year, um, and now uh, being a senior, there's so many different um, ways that I need to lead compared to my first few years, and obviously uh, Coach uh, Paul has helped so much with that, and and kind of giving direction and, and tips on how to lead uh, off the ice as on the ice. So um, there's definitely more facets to, to leading now as my freshman year, but um, it's definitely an honor to, to be able to lead such a good program. How do you take your qualities and how good of a player you are and kind of pass that on to the younger group? Um, I think just my biggest thing is just leading by example. Every practice, um, being the hardest worker and, and kind of – being supportive in that way, but um, I think what I learned from when I was younger was to just watch and kind of see how they how the leaders talked and how they did what they did in practice and stuff like that. So I think just leading by example and, and um, giving tips here and there on, on to some of the younger girls on um, how to lead in practice and games and off the ice and stuff like that over the year if if they have any questions and stuff like that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely think my biggest leadership quality is, is just by example. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no, like, it's weird with NCAA sports and the, the four-year uh, thing with the red shirt, things like that, where you can't play forever and you have to pass on what you learn and what you know. Um, currently this season, uh, JC has five, or 15 goals, 33 assists, 48 points. So potentially a new career high, just three points away, but... I think you've focused on statistics so much you kind of want to worry about the CHA type things right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, those, the statistics are more just contributing every game to, to get two points, but um, if I get those three more points or not, um, the biggest thing in my mind is, is doing what I can to for us to win that regular season championship and get the bye in the first round of the CHAs and then obviously the focus becomes uh, winning the CHA playoff tournament. So um, that's definitely the focus for the rest of the year and, and has been the entire year. Um, after this year, what are your future plans after RMU hockey and what's, what's uh, hockey going to be like 
for JC Gephardt in the future? Um, I, honestly, I'm not 100% sure. Um, if I can keep playing, that's obviously what I want to do. Um, if that means going over to Europe or staying in North America, depending on, on what type of league there is here moving forward. Um, so if I, if I can keep playing, that's definitely the plan. Uh, if not, I definitely wanted to get into coaching of some sort and, and kind of give back to the sport. Do you ever think about officiating, like Kirsten Welsh? Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite as big as her, so yeah. it'd be tough. But um, Not as familiar with the box as she was. Yeah, um, that's definitely an option. Um, but I, I definitely hope to keep playing. Would, what are, uh, if you were to coach, obviously, would you want to go back to Saskatchewan or help around here or just? Um, I'm kind of indifferent on that. Wherever I would be able to get an opportunity to start to kind of start coaching. Um, in the end, it would be, it would be really cool to be able to coach at the NCAA level and kind of give back to to where um, the best parts of my career were. Um, so, if that's definitely possible down the line, that that would be a very cool experience. What are your current thoughts on just the state of women hockey, women's hockey as of right now? We've seen a lot of like big uh, publicity for it in the past couple of years with uh, the NHL All-Star Game. Uh, just off the top of my head, just the one that stands out the most. Like, What are your current thoughts on women's hockey and the growth of it and a potentially a WNHL coming here soon? Yeah, I mean, um, there's obviously lots of things going back and forth between the NWHL and um, the the gap tour that um, the U.S. and Canada players are kind of have kind of put on, but um, I definitely hope that uh, that soon um, the NHL can can kind of create a women's league for everybody that's kind of sustainable. Um, that would be the best option, but um, right now it's kind of in the middle of if it's going to happen or not, and and um, this a little bit of controversy over the NWHL and that between the gap tour, so. Um, it's hard to tell if it's going to happen soon or not, but um, I definitely hope it will. And then, uh, obviously, this program in general has been great at producing talent. You, Brittany, uh, even in that with Brandon McLaughlin. How big has it been just to go here and be a name that people recognize? I see people in the stands, you know, with Gephard 17 jerseys. How good is it to know that you've made an impact that big on this program yeah it's definitely very special um it's it's kind of crazy to think about coming in my first game and nobody really knowing who I was and kind of being here now with eight games left and um being a name for the for the program but um the coaches have definitely done such a great job recruiting over the last um since the program started um getting so many great players to come in and um kind of being in that pretty much top 15 in the nation um, consistently over the last four years. And um, I think it's definitely been something that's elevated the program and made more people want to come. And, and uh, I think the program will just keep getting better over, over the next years as, um, peop- as more big names come in and people learn um, how great of a program it is here. Yeah, we talked about it with Boyle uh, last week about what her thoughts on RMU hockey was from an outsider coming in. She said that Brittany Howard was one of the, the girls that put RMU's name on the map and type like that. And what do you think the, the program has to do to maintain a level as, as you said, a top 15 NCAA team and potentially move up in the rankings in the future? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just belief. Um, we're only losing three of us this year, so mm-hmm. I, and the, so the team is going to be so special again next year. 
um, and the juniors are just going to step up and take over, kind of like the three of us did this year. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just believing that um, they're always going to have a special group and um, they're always going to be fighting for the top seed in the, the CHA. And um, we're always so close to, to each week getting back into the top ten. And um, so I, I think just the big thing is believing and knowing that um, the coaches are doing a great job recruiting, so they're going to have more talent coming in next year even as talent leaves. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. Are there any of the underclassmen this year that you really see yourself, like, what you see yourself in? Uh, I, I mean, all of them bring different qualities um, that all of us seniors possess. They all work extremely hard every day, and they all care so much about um, each game and each practice. Uh, I think that's kind of – this might be the the best year for for pe uh, freshmen that really truly care and really truly work very hard, and I think that's why we have such a special group. Um, so they definitely help. I see different qualities of myself in all of them, um, and they've definitely been um, a big part of of why we've had success this year. Just a phenomenal achievement. Um, we congratulate you again on the 183 points. Um, Army women's hockey just continuing to, as we mentioned go up the, the rankings and make a name for ourselves on the map. So we thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank you. Um, 183 points, the new point to break. You'll probably score some more before <laughs> the end of the year. Um, and the legacy of J.C. Gebhardt, uh, sadly closing out this year as a senior, but nonetheless a great player to have here in Robert Morris. Um, and in women's hockey yeah, in general. Yeah, and just women's hockey in general. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, thank you, J.C., for coming on. I know you have a busy schedule. So thank you all for listening to Stack Pads Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me.